0: If you're in the Austin area, come join us Saturday, December 19th from 2 to 4 p.m. for this very special event, Simple and Sacred Yin Yoga at Sanctuary Yoga Indoors. I'll be teaching this event and it will be COVID compliant and socially distant with a limited number of spaces. The practice will focus on healing yin elements to help with the imbalances we might face during these cooler seasons. We will draw on elements such as receptivity, introspection, and softening to feel more restored and grounded in the mind, body, and spirit. If you haven't been to sanctuary yoga, it is so pretty. You're nestled in nature. There are ancient trees lining the property with this beautiful, majestic quality. If you're interested, please reserve your spot as spaces are limited. You can go to sanctuaryyogaaustin.com or the link to RSVP is in the show notes. Before we get to this episode, I want to take a moment and give a big, warm shout out to our newest Patreon, Leslie Jordan G. Thank you so, so much for supporting the podcast. I am sending you a virtual hug right now, right at this moment. I know you can feel it. And if you too are interested in getting your very own shout out on the show, plus live virtual classes taught by yours truly, podcast stickers and a love note, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. The and is spelled out. You pay what you want. The link to that is also in the show notes. Now let's enjoy this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Yoga and Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and embodiment teacher who is living and learning every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am so, so curious about all things yoga and. So much so that I've made a weekly podcast about it, you guys. This show is an invitation to open up your aperture to how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than just something that you do on a piece of rubber, but could it be infused into other aspects of our lives? This show is also a celebration for the hardworking people in the mind-body community who are being of service and are contributing to the world in creative and innovative ways. Thank you guys for all that you do. Today we will explore the subject of yoga and inclusivity. I'm especially excited about this episode because we will get to chat with Alfonso Fonzi Hernandez. Today's conversation is all about aspects of inclusivity and diversity within the yoga community. Fonzi shares with us his background in activism and also his perspective in being a person of color in the yoga community. We will touch on the subject of LGBTQ matters, and we both discuss why we identify as queer and also relate queerness to yoga. I had so much fun talking with Fonzie. I know you will appreciate this episode just as much as I did. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is human rights advocate and activist yoga teacher Alfonso Fonzi Hernandez. Hey Fonzi, how are you? Hi. How are
1: you? Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Yeah, I'm so I'm delighted. I've I've been waiting. I've been waiting to have you on. Uh, so thank you for coming on. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more to the listeners?
1: yeah absolutely. Uh, my name's uh, Fonzie. I go by Fonzie usually. Um, my name is Alfonso Hernandez and I'm a yoga teacher here in Austin, Texas and a hairdresser, which is an, one just a random fact but <laughs> um, and um, I, uh, in my past I've worked with uh, human rights and grassroots organizations.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. And I love what today's topic's about. It's yoga and inclusivity, which you have experience in both. Uh, I would like to ask you, what is your personal definition of yoga?
1: To me, yoga means union, uh, mm. coming together, um, whether it's a visceral experience or a collective experience with uh, the human experience.
0: Mm. I I love that, the union coming together. I think that is so important. This time, like at this time coming together is um, so valuable, so necessary. Uh, So today is also about inclusivity. So I'm gonna ask you also, what does inclusivity mean to you?
1: Well, to be truly inclusive, uh, my definition of what inclusive is it's a it's a basic right for everyone to be accepted. I mean, regardless of race, age, gender, disability, religious or cultural belief, or even sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me is what true, the pure word of inclusion means.
0: Uh, So you mentioned at the top, you have a background in human rights. Would you want to talk a little bit more about that background?
1: absolutely so for uh maybe 4 years i believe it's been almost 10 years <laughs> since wow. then but um uh i worked for a nonprofit grassroots organization in north carolina that uh i had the privilege to work for uh, and with refugees um, and people who were undocumented uh, and their children and the parents and really uh got to experience bringing together and creating a uh, community where we could share each other's uh, celebrations, uh, holidays, and we really got to learn a lot from each other. This center was placed in a low-income community. And Mm -hmm. I actually uh, was raised in that same community uh, and so, later on, I came back with the Human Rights Center, and uh, I got to work with the children there who had very little resources on education. Um, as well as we talked to Town hall and the mayor about accepting laws that uh, created safety uh, safe zone for people who were undocumented. Um, because there were a lot of fear of their of parents being taken away and children being left alone, um, yeah. or you know, and you know, uh, in my experience, I was raised by a uh, undocumented family, so my, my parents were undocumented. Um, so that real fear uh, was very dear to me. It was very close to me, and uh, I worked with this. Of the University of North Carolina there, um, and we set treaties to town hall to protect even labor workers and sex workers in that neighborhood. Um, and so we create. It was a hub. It was all these things going on, and there, there was there's just so much to talk about in terms of all that work. Um, and my responsibility was to organize. Uh, about a hundred students. Uh, the sociologist that I worked with was a professor at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and she would create a curriculum for her students to volunteer at this low income community in order to get a good grade. You know, They had to uh, write a thesis statement and a huge paper on what they've learned in terms of their privilege, really. I mean, uh, and a lot of the students were, their life pretty much changed after going through the Human Rights Center and seeing what uh, they had, you know, and what these kids and these families didn't have at all. That's part of a huge chunk of what I've done. So it, it was a lot of work. It was.
0: Wow. That, I mean, that sounds like just you're truly doing the the work that is needed to be done in the communities that and i imagine you just people who are in that program you never see the world the same after that like you can't go that, back to it's the very
1: because uh, a lot of these kids i relate to you know refugees as well i mean they're taken away from their home you know for safety i mean they they leave their their home country for safety and um uh, and then these parents who are undocumented with in fear every day coming to school. I mean Mm -hmm. no wonder why there was a huge gap of like uh, grades and education uh, because they were focused more on their survival instinct. Uh, Yeah and I can completely relate to that growing up you know I didn't know if I would come home and my parents would still be there you know Um, and it was very touching to me to be able to come back as a a teenager I was around 17 18 and be able to work with these families and uh, kids who were in once my position as well and provide something that I was never able to get.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, that is truly being of service, and I, I, I commend you so much for going mm-hmm. back and helping these this community. Um, that is that is like a truly big heart to be a teenager and to care like that. I think is just speaks. Um, and 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 say,
1: of- it was a complete accident with that. Oh, happened. really? <laughs> but- <laughs> The way it started was I, uh, there was a problem going on with uh, the apartment in that community Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh, uh, I, the community started to, or the apartment area started to require, uh, I think it was like documentation uh, for people's parking. So, you know it was like undercover discrimination, and yeah, in because they made it seem logical. And then this still goes on to this day. So they would start towing people's car who couldn't provide that identification. You know, and so people started becoming angry. So I remember looking out my window and I and saying to myself, "I could stay here or I can continue and 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 join these people. And I joined these people and I, from there, I organized this uh, protest at the local farmers market with the residents in that area. And um, we got a lot of signatures, in especially from the mayor. So we got a lot of help from the mayor um, in North Carolina. And then after that, uh, the sociologists from North Carolina contacted me and wanted to create this grassroots organization.
0: So wow! It
1: was, it was like, you know, things that fall into place, you know, I think the universe asks you uh, of what you need, are needed for.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And you, you opened the door and said, yes.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, as a teenager, I was pretty wild. You know, I, I will admit I gained, I, I only joined for the ruckus. Okay. The protesting. Wow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> <laughs> I, I was pretty much on my own since I was 17, you know, wow. so so for me, I grew up listening to like rock and roll, to me it was like, oh hell yes, oh mm-hmm. heck yes, you know, like I, I'm going to protest and I'm going to yeah. throw things at the, you know, so for me it was, like in the beginning it was like, oh this is a perfect way to express myself, but then, you know, the heart of it all became like real, it became mm-hmm. so heartwarming and, and beautiful
0: I, I love I love this this is just like opening up a, a Fonzie that I've never known I mean we touched on it before today but this this is really um, very inspirational uh, before today we also talked about natural inclusivity and um, would you say that you're a bit naturally inclusive would you want to speak more to that
1: you know, I think in nature, uh, um, I like Buddhism, I will say before I qu- uh, say this, um, and I, in Buddhism, it is believed that we're all, uh, born pure. And, uh, I think every one of us has, uh, is purely inclusive. Right. But I think mm-hmm. we get distracted as we grow up and we learn things that, uh, That doesn't encourage that part of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you, I will say, you know, most of us, a a lot of us don't grow up in in the greatest family or, you know, in my case as a child, the only time I would, we go where where it's warm, right? We go Mm -hmm. where it's warmer. So for me, that was community, that was church, Um, you know, I would, my commute, my growing up, my childhood was very diverse. Um, so like I would go to church with my uh black friends, and they would there would be spoken word, you know, in their church. There would be people singing up and down, dancing. So to me, that was my childhood, you know. I grew up Catholic, but I always saw it. Mexican Catholic is different from American, from the you know, English. Uh-huh. So Um, There was a lot of music, and that's where I found uh, joy, even through going to school, was my uh, favorite thing to do because it was the escape from reality. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I think I was drawn more to bringing people together, which obviously became clear during the community activism that i um i accidentally you know i it's like tripping over happiness you trip you fall and oh they're like uh, i think Rumi says you have to crack keep cracking your heart open so that the light goes through
0: right yeah i
1: think that was the case you know in my life uh i wasn't raised in the a lot of us weren't raised in the greatest families but we yeah. go towards towards what's more warm, right what's our what's our what's what's womb- like you know what's warm and what's comfortable and for me, it was always a sense of group and community um,
0: mm-hmm. so same that and that, really- go ahead. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, just you talking about warmth and community. It wasn't until I was an adult that I realized um, that for me was yoga, like going to yoga classes that teachers with I really connected with. That was like, it took me later in life to find that warmth you're talking about.
1: And and it's interesting that you say about yoga because that goes into more of what inclusion becomes uh, is that, we all, you, we, you and I came to yoga for a reason, right? It transformed mm-hmm. our life immensely. And yes. you, no one can deny that, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we have to also take in, con- c- in consideration that we all come to our mats with different realities. And that's mm-hmm. where we have to think about community. Um, how can we tend to all these realities in the room? you know Mm -hmm. we're moving and breathing our our heart is literally synchronizing at the same rate as everyone else in the room what else you know it's 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 it it, the physical and the science is already there
0: yeah (laughs) i love that you're saying the heart Synchronizing—I yeah. I never really thought of that. I've thought yeah, synchronizing, but yeah, heart is also synchronizing.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we when we regulate together, our nervous system actually synchronizes to the the temperature of the room, to the like to to the people around us. Mm. You know, that's why we own. That's why we sing. That's why we We breathe. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's a very uh, beautiful thing for me to be a teacher and to witness that, you know. Yeah.
0: So getting into the yoga world and then talking about inclusivity, uh, before the Black Lives Movement happened, did it get hard to see how the yoga community is may not be quite as inclusive as it claims?
1: Yeah, you know, I was very discouraged. Uh, I Having that said too, I will admit that the pandemic was really, really hard on me, and I'm sure a lot of other people in in the world. Um, mm-hmm. This was the first time in our life where we are asked to sit with ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I definitely had a lot to question. Partly was my disappointment to uh, what was going on in the yoga world and my experience also uh, being denied or not being accepted in a certain community. And it was really heartbreaking uh, to to be through that and to also see that other people, my brothers and sisters are going through something too, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was sad. It was really sad for me.
0: Yeah. So do you think, do you think that I mean, maybe maybe I'm seeing a little bit of this, but there's there's more because of the Black Lives Movement and the pandemic. There's the yoga world might be growing up a bit and, and being a yes. little more woke.
1: So the beauty of it is, like uh, I was telling my friend this yesterday, um, the beautiful thing about Black Lives Matter is that it's become it's raised an awareness within every community. Um, mm. And uh, in in the past, like for my example, not being a part of a certain community, uh, people would. There was a time in my life, as as a queer person and a person of color, there was a time in my life where I you people would just turn the cheek and pretend like it never happened, you know, mm. and and. That le- left me with a sense of like, it was that real. Did that really happen? You um, know, yeah. and I think it's changing for our community, the yoga community. It's changing our expectations, and we're realizing that our expectations are out of uh, the majority's lens. Um, and uh, and you know, we we. We grow up with thinking what is beautiful and I think that's changing because every diversity to me is always beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, agree.
1: Exactly. And I think the yoga community became uh, numb to that and is their habits have been very uh very similar where they hire i mean specific people i'm not gonna like keep it sweet i mean they're like if you if, if you are an owner and you look at your at your uh employees or your yoga teachers and they're not of color there's something to think about i mean if you're thinking oh how why aren't people of color coming to my yoga classes look at your teachers who are they representing? Like, are there any people that represent people of color in your yoga studio? That's just like the reality of it is. I mean, it it was hard for me as a uh, queer person of color to grow up and not see someone that represents me. Isn't that like, it's hard to see people. It's hard when you don't see people that, that are up there that don't look like you or feel like you. So, um, yeah.
0: Rep- representation matters. Um, yeah,
1: I, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. to me, like, to me, the world's like a soup. You know, you're not just gonna have one flavor. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna add the salt and pepper, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, so I used to work in Westlake. I used to teach Pilates in Westlake for like a decade. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I considered myself a diverse person, but when I lived over there, I started like, you know, blonde highlights, wearing seersucker. Like I was just becoming so homogenous with everyone else. I had to move. I had to move. And, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, re- and then when I moved, my clients followed me and they're like, oh my God, it's so diverse here. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't, I would never say that out loud. Like, <laughs> it's so diverse. Like, well, I feel like it should be. Um, I don't know why it's just going on about that. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's I mean, I
1: mean we're, we're blinded by it. I mean, I, I know that I moved, when I moved here, like, there was a time where I became numb to what diversity looks like, you know. I come mm-hmm. from a, well, and also, you know, what confused me about yoga studios, they kept saying community community mm. community and, and you know from my background now telling you my background mm-hmm. and like it does things you know community like
0: yeah.
1: like like feeds like the people with less opportunity i don't call them homeless because they feed me more than i feed them you know what i mean uh-huh. that's just the reality i mean you know this is the shared experience and uh, to me i i was always if you would see me in class and people would say community, that that would be like a question mark. Like what is happening? Like it was such a disconnect for me when people said community, because community isn't just, oh, I'm going to pay your membership. And that's, that's my community, you know, like, no community, like does, we help each other grow. We call each other out, you know, in Buddhism, there's the three jewels, community, the teacher, Buddha, right? In the uh-huh. Dharma. Mm. Right?
0: Well, you know, hearing you say that, it, it makes me think of like, it makes me think of two things. So community, they're just using it as a marketing tool because other studios use it and it doesn't really have any, um, anything behind it. But then also what I've been seeing, or, or maybe it's just me, but with the black lives movement in the yoga world, the moment a studio is just, going to going uh, full on with the black lives movement and it's not authentic people can smell the inauthenticity Mm. and they're just like will not have a part of it and so i think i think people the black lives movement is like raising this awareness to the level where no one's taking any bs anymore and i think to your point of the word community you know, I think people are wise and and hopefully and just kind of see it as maybe a buzzword or a marketing tool if if there's nothing to back it up. What do you
1: yeah. think? Oh, I, I completely agree, and I I see that too. And it really, I, I'm gonna say it pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, like
0: yeah, yeah.
1: You printed out a rainbow flag and a Black Lives Matter flag, and you printed on the front of your. Video. your teachers don't even represent what you just posted. Like, there's a big question. There's a, there's a huge problem. It's just becomes performative after a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that, that that's happening. I mean, it happens to, to the LGBT community. There are all these companies that are like, oh, we're supportive of LGBTQIA+ but what are they donating to those organizations? What are they doing physically to like really create that experience, you know? It, it, like, uh, just because you're donating also money to a cause doesn't mean you're making a change. I mean, it does to an extent, but what really makes a change is having that experience, that transcendent experience, that human experience that we all naturally crave, whether we're uh, extroverted or introverted. We all create a measurement of uh, community.
0: Totally. And and so it, it sounds like what I'm hearing is like this, you know, it becomes marketing when there's no heart behind it, when there's no action behind it, when yeah. there's no, when it's just all show, all say but no do. And, and so like if companies can just do um, and be helpful and useful, then you know there isn't a problem but yeah it's it's that that greed i think you know the new kind of the new paradigm is people then environment and then profit i hope and i think the businesses that aren't going to adhere to that i think they're going to fall to the wayside i really do i mean i
1: agree. i completely agree with you it's it's to come back to the last question is that like people are becoming more aware. So in my case, when I was in a studio and I wasn't uh, given the opportunity to teach Mm. because I know of who I am and the person that I am, uh, now, if that were to happen, people won't turn the cheek, you know, or I don't have to question myself and be like, wow, Is that, did that, is that real? Is that happening? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a very traumatic experience. I would never want someone to ever go through what I've ever been through or anyone of what I've witnessed in my life, you know?
0: Yeah, and I don't know about you, but um, my experience is when something like that happens, um, so also a queer individual, I am. I, when something awkward like that happens or hurtful, um, and then I'm I'm reminded of all those other times that happened. Yeah. And so there's like this backlog history and it's just like oh, uh, yeah. why, you know? Um,
1: and I know you've had this experience before. I mean, I've been denied by religion, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh and, my god, yes. In, in yes.
1: School, like, you know, bullied. Wow. I've been on my own since 17. Like, you know, my... I, and I'm not saying this as like a I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but, you know, having to grow up as a queer kid on my own, that was difficult, you know, I if bet. it wasn't for this sociologist, she literally had me room and board. So I would have been homeless if it wasn't for this nonprofit that I worked for. Oh um, my God. And I, lived in the, I got to the privilege to live in my community again and, uh-huh. and in a different perspective. So, uh, you know, She really taught me the fundamental right, human rights, uh, what what a human should be, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. or a human is allowed to be and express themselves. So we've all been through these situations. I mean, you and I, I'm sure, have been through similar situations. Mm -hmm. And it's a very traumatic experience, you know. Um, Yes. And when something like that happens, it triggers a lot of other uh, like other memories, you know. Yeah,
0: well, this this uh, soci-, soci sociologist you said sounds mm-hmm. like just the biggest heart, super yes. loving.
1: She was a mentor in my life, and you know, I was. She was the first person I ever came out to, and I was so scared of what she would say. And she said uh, she she never even she was like, you know, I pretty much knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and it was empowering because she said, "You know, I don't care. I'm so, it makes me even more happier um, that you are what, like, you, that you're living your best, like, life, basically."
0: Yeah.
1: And she was a most rebellious human I've ever met. She's <laughs> like, "If you if you go to jail for protesting, Fonzie, don't worry, I'll get you out." She said. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like was literally a mother to me, you know, and uh, uh, I knew she was a mentor when she kept saying uh, she she worked at the University of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I get a little excited talking about her, but um, she would go to the highest building, literally break a window, (laughs) hang hang the human rights symbol on the highest building of the of the university and she would say well what are they gonna do arrest an old lady you know oh. and she would do it over and over again they would repair the window break it again
0: oh you know? my god i love it. that yeah. is that is cool
1: um i i don't know she was a, a such an in my life so i'm really grateful for her
0: that's awesome Somewhat recently, I got a tarot oracle card reading from my friend Lauren. She has been studying tarot for a few years now and feels like it's her true calling in life. And I would have to agree with that. She is looking to gain more practice in reading for others. So she has generously offered to the first 22 listeners, that's you guys, pro bono tarot and oracle card readings you can connect with Lauren in the show notes uh, to take full advantage of this really nice offer I love my reading with her she is truly gifted and my favorite question to ask for readings is what is my blind spot and I'm always surprised by the answer do yourself a favor and schedule with Lauren today. She is a talented, up-and-coming tarot, oracle card reader. I know you're going to love her. Link to connect with her is in the show notes. Welcome to the Spotlight Corner. This segment highlights Black, Indigenous, people of color and or LGBTQ plus individuals, community, businesses, and organizations, specifically in those areas. And in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people who I think are awesome and would like to show my support and hope to inspire you in supporting them as well. Lately I've been taking virtual dance classes, workout with Erica Nix. Oh my God, cardio, aerobics, dancing. I have been somewhat resistant and self-conscious always about dancing, but Erica makes this so fun that the time truly flies when I take her classes. You learn a little bit of every dance move. You learn how to protest cheerlead. She teaches you how to rave. You learn how to dance to the song called bubble butt personally these classes have been so good for me i sweat i get my heart rate up erica is such a knowledgeable teacher great instruction she's also really fun and doesn't take herself too seriously which i think is a really awesome bonus dancing is so out of my comfort zone but i'm in the comfort of my own home with these virtual classes so learning how to dance has not been nearly as intimidating as going to a studio and trying to find my rhythm. Also, if you've been feeling disconnected from your LGBTQ community like I have, it's a great way to stay connected to like-minded people. I also would like to give props to Erica because she has been teaching these classes in the community for years in Austin. She holds a safe and fun space For people who may not always feel comfortable or even welcome in a traditional workout environment. If you would like to check out Workout with Erica Nix, I'll put her info in the show notes. She has a Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash workout with Erica Nix. It's very affordable, quite the steal actually. And I hope you feel inspired in supporting what Erica is doing. And I know you will have so much fun working out with her. And to be honest, we need as much lighthearted activities as we can get these days. So I hope to see you in class soon. Let's get into, you know, this is episodes about inclusivity and yoga and LGBTQ issues and uh, you identify yourself as queer. Would you want to talk more about why, um, in particular? Uh, as we discussed previously before today, I really loved yeah. what you had to say.
1: So, for me, queer is very all inclusive and it mm. allows me to be. Uh, okay, so I'll go back. Um, I've been in groups and in my far past and in near future, near uh, life. And they will show this chart of, um, I think it's like the, the unicorn. Have you seen that chart?
0: Well, is it, is it just the spectrum of
1: yeah, sexuality? Spectrum. Yes. So, and then you
0: can take a test or whatever, and, and it yeah. puts you on that spectrum.
1: So for me, when I would look at that in my past, I, it's not been my first, I've seen it many times. Mm-hmm. I could never relate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what queer means is that like today today, I may feel a certain way and then tomorrow it's a completely different thing I I promise you I I mean can you relate it's
0: well what I relate to I relate to this completely because I also identify as queer um, and not something else because I don't like to be put inside a box with those (laughs) stereotypes and I'm sorry but I don't like those stereotypes yeah, yeah. and, and I mean, um i, I like I, I yeah inclusivity i i like that it, it's sort of this catch-all yeah. because yeah every day is different
1: yeah and i told you like one day i want to like you know one day i want to be rupaul and then the next day it's going to be completely different you know it's like yeah uh, and i think also being in the fashion industry that is very accepted and for mm-hmm. me it's very, uh, it's fun. You know, I, I will say too, a lot of us, and I, from what I notice about a lot of queer people, is that in their childhood, and this is from what I read, in their childhood, again, we aren't raised in the best uh, queer people. Mm-hmm. You have, I, for me at least, I had to be a chameleon to be able to survive.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Blend in to survive. I think that had become my my now in my strong suit is being able to express myself any way I want. You know, it used to be a survivalism to be like, oh, I have to be this way to be able to survive and not be identified.
0: Mm -hmm. That I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I totally get that that need to be a chameleon um that adaptability is so uh primal um Mm -hmm. so let's talk about uh you when we were talking before today we were talking about um queerness in yoga would Mm -hmm. you want to elaborate on that
1: yes i mean the mere fact that we come down to our mats and we tap in to this mysteriousness that completely accepts us exactly as we are, you know? And I don't know about you, but there is no normal for me. Like Uh we all in some aspect are queer. To not not add queer to that uh, idea of yoga and is there yoga and queerness, of course. I mean, we all come to our mats because our, mat- our practice doesn't accept us exactly as we are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do believe there is queerness in yoga is very... In the West, when yoga started becoming, coming to the US, um, we focused a lot on the masculine side of yoga. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the beautiful thing is if we l- look at BKS Iyengar, um, he he was known to be very strict, right? But he mm-hmm. learned the yoga from Krishnamacharya, right? So also, though, he said, BKS Iyengar said that, you know, we need to change, we are going to be the leaders, the people that come after him are going to be the leaders of what is needed in yoga. So we're going to have to adapt to what society needs. And I think in, in, in yoga now, we need a lot more of that lunar and rest.
0: Yeah, I think with the pandemic, people are being forced to rest and realizing how tired they actually are. I think every person's different, but it's, it is confronting to then realize you don't have to. You don't have to do mm-hmm. everything all the time. I mean, it's probably the first... Yin year for most people. Yeah. I know for me it was very like confronting, um, yeah. but you know ultimately good. I I just want to say I remember probably the first time I ever took one of your classes, going back to queerness, and um, you were wearing rainbow leggings. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> rainbow mala. <laughs> And then you had us do the a rainbow pose, like oh, so. Yeah. i can't,
1: Yeah, rainbow warrior.
0: Yeah, rainbow warrior. But I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I love the. I was like, oh, I like Fonzie.
1: Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the thing about like, I always say, when in doubt, rainbow. Really yeah. in doubt, rainbow. <laughs> so you know, and it's not like. Uh, It's not imposing it either. Right. It was very, uh, oh, wow. This was so natural. And at least when you come to my classes, my, my classes will constantly constantly change because Mm -hmm. all I do is go home and study. Like, Mm. what else can I offer? You know, I like to take different things from different lineages and really add them to what the people need, you know? Mm. And so, for me, it's it's like ra- there's magic in repetition. There, there's you know when you dance like the uh, one of my favorite teachers is Dana Trixie Flynn from uh, from Laughing Lotus in New York. Oh. Um, and I look up to her a lot. She said, "I want the the shape, the asana shape, is the shape of my heart. Really, mm. that's that's what really yoga is. Is it, and for me it's like the dancing the coming back and forth the water and and really having that yeah for me there is a beauty in that physical experience but you know there are a lot of alignment teachers out there and i admire them a lot right mm-hmm. but they but i like to teach spiritual alignment more
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's my excuse okay <laughs> No, I, I think that, that, and then there's a very feminine aspect in, in the dancing and then the, the rainbow warrior, the curtsy squats. And I think that adds a lot a new element to yoga that's different. I mean, you know, there are really just very, there, there aren't very many yoga uh, postures, if you think about it. Just like music, there's just 12 notes. But, you know the beauty of it is is that we the way that we put yoga those those the notes make beautiful music and it's the same way with with yoga um you know and i think that's part of my queerness bleeding through the yoga you know i'm a I, to be able to, people say you're not create i'm not creative i'm not creative but Creative is to create. It isn't about being pretty or ugly. It's really just creating. Mm-hmm. Creating, creating, That's what creative is.
0: Like the process of creating is creating. So yeah, exactly. You not have to go anywhere. What advice might you give a new yoga teacher about holding space in an inclusive and accepting way for the class?
1: I would say, think of what, Think of your, the hardest time of your life. Hmm. And how would you want to be held that way?
0: Ooh, that is really phenomenal advice. I, I, I'm going to use that.
1: (laughs) And and you recently, I've told my, I've been telling a good friend of mine that uh, I think my classes have changed a little bit more too because I kind of put myself out of the way, and I've been a little more, and I've been, I said to her, well, I just, I I want to teach this class like it's my last class I've ever taught, and um, that brings a lot of inspiration to me.
0: Ooh, that is another good little nugget of wisdom.
1: Yeah, Um, and, and it likes to last. I I get a lot of anxiety before class, Mm -hmm. um, a lot still. And I think that reminder of like how precious this practice is um, and how, how delicate yet so uh, strong and powerful mm-hmm. is what really inspires me a lot.
0: Mm. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I just find yoga such a strange paradox um, as a yoga teacher because like on one hand, it's you teaching the class, you're giving the cues, you created the sequence, you're holding space, but at the same time, and it's not about you, right? So it's like such a trippy mind mind, uh, game, you know? (laughs) It's like, it's about you, but it's absolutely not about you at the same time.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was talking to my therapist Also, if you're a yoga teacher, I recommend seeing a therapist, because like literally it's, and there's also a lot of, uh, if you, there's a lot of, I will say seeing a therapist is a very big privilege. And there's also resources out there. I'm a very big mental health person. Uh, There are organizations out there, if you can't afford a therapist, there are therapists that will tend to your income as
0: well. Mm -hmm. Sliding uh, so scale, right? Yeah.
1: We look for them. I s- recommend it. It's the best thing in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: I was telling her that, like, you know, I plan this class. I'm, I'm very uh, controlling in some aspects of my life. And she was like, well, you, you just have to, like, plan it. But then the best way I can say is you plan this class, right? But then, like, there's an energy energy in the room with all the students that partly it's a give and then there's a take and you have to Mm -hmm. let them do their thing at one point. Mm -hmm. So it's a happy medium. It's like a dancing, you know, it really is.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, I have a plan, but, like, let's see, you know, so. Let's see how
0: this (laughs) plan goes, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, here. Wish for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. What are you, you, you mentioned you go home and study yoga, but is there anything else that you are studying right now? What are you curious about right now?
1: What I'm curious about is Chinese medicine. Mm. And it's just so fun because, uh, you know, the arms, like that that's, I tell the students, like that's our gateway to our heart. Mm. I think in yoga, a lot of injuries happen with the arms, right? So learning to really functional movement with our arms and like, you know, the fall and like how the fall in the lung and the large intestines and uh, how fall is a very, a great time to go inward and to really catch that breath of inspiration. Mm. Because that breath of inspiration encourages you to release the waste, right, that our large intestine is responsible for. So things like that, students, at least the students I've encountered, uh, love that stuff. And, and it sets an energetic tone to the class thematically and without me even wanting to speak, without me even needing to speak. I kind of dork out on all that stuff, but um, It's it's really exciting to really be uh, Coming home and really learning that and how I can create a experience for students.
0: Mm. I I'm also very inspired by acupuncture and it sounds like mm-hmm. you use the knowledge of um China, Chinese medicine I should say not necessarily acupuncture mm-hmm. but they're both one and the same but you use uh the knowledge of Chinese medicine for seasonal yoga practices is that yeah, yeah.
1: as teachers you know it keeps us fresh I think and mm-hmm. um it keeps you keeps you learning and thinking, you know? And we need to stay current with our students, for our students, because Mm -hmm. we, like, well, and that goes with saying also being inclusive, using inclusive language in our students. You know, Mm -hmm. I said in the beginning of the podcast that, like, we all come into this yoga studio with different realities. So to not tend to those realities, it's either you're encouraging, like you're encouraging, you're discouraging inclusivity or you're encouraging inclusive. So if you're not, if you think this is so much hard work to be inclusive, because I've heard it, oh, it's so hard to be inclusive or, you know, the pronoun thing is so hard. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you know, it's either you're encouraging encouraging inclusivity or you're discouraging it, there, it's either or. So, I mean, as yoga teachers, we have to choose, um, do we wanna move forward or do we wanna go backwards? And I think as yoga teachers, we're being asked even more out of ourselves, because we're not just yoga teachers, we're community organizers, you know, we, we have the power to encourage people to vote. We have the power to, to practice yoga and go make a difference with like, you know, raising money for something, helping people physically. Um, I, I want to do that. I know it's really hard now in, during the pandemic, but in my future, I would love to uh, really create a relationship with the students, because I'm a student too,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and really do things together uh, I think that's community for me
0: so the the message is as a yoga teacher we have we potentially could have a great impact on the community a positive impact but we we also need to own it and like yeah. step up to the plate and use this platform um for the for good for um include inclusion and Touching on the pronouns, um, what I've, I was sharing with you um, previously, but I, I learned, uh, you know, when people ask you what your pronouns are, they might be asking you what your pronouns are because they want you to ask them what their pronouns are. And that took me a little bit to understand. But, um, but yeah, it's about being able to adapt, like yeah. adapt with other people. And those who have always been super comfortable are now being – in some slight discomfort. <laughs> the
1: dance, the fluidness, right? Yeah. I, I will share an experience with you, too. It's like, uh, I frequent a, a coffee shop. And uh, you know, I'm a, I am can be very loud um, and very extroverted at times. I have a very lunar side to trust. But then uh-huh. I was like, OK, hey, girl, hey, queen. You know, like I walk in there with like, a massive amount of energy, and this uh, person, they, they wanted me. They, they were like, hey, Fonzie, had I, did I ever tell you that I, uh, I am, I, my pronouns are they, and I, well, obviously, hey, and this happens even to a queer person, me, mm-hmm.
0: right? They,
1: I encounter these things, and of course, like my ego wanted to be like, um, well. You know, but then I started to think like, wow, this person wants me to be a part of their life. They're inviting me to be more intimate with them, and I was very honored by that. And I literally Mm -hmm. said, "Hey, thank you so much for telling me. I had no clue, and Mm -hmm. I appreciate you letting me into your life a lot more." Um, So it's just that simple. It's a like oh okay cool like
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I don't want people to be afraid of the whole pronoun thing but it's very simple it's simple but complex it's just we're afraid of what we don't know
0: mm-hmm. and I think
1: that's the thing we need to be like oh hey I don't know teach yeah. me let me in your life a lot more and I think that's what we're we're lacking is a lot of trying to instead of protecting yourself I would invite people or you who is listening to when, you're, when that resistance happens to, to try to be more intimate with this person and be like hey I really want to be a part of your life
0: mm-hmm.
1: so teach me teach me so that I will know um, and I think people will appreciate that. I mean, that goes with anything in life, in your relationships. The seeking to understand is what we need mostly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hope that answered the question.
0: That definitely does. I'm
1: a little excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's something. It's a great instance of what happened in your world and how it how it currently pertains to yeah. what we're going through as a collective. Um, mm-hmm. Just be. I think the takeaway, what you're saying is be vulnerable, that person letting you know that their pronoun is a certain pronoun is, must think highly of you in order to let you know that about them, right? I mean, so it was,
1: it was such an honor. And also, I, I love that you said that, like, when people are asking your, for your pronoun, it's because they want you to, you know, it, it's really, it really is like that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, where can people find you, Fonzie?
1: Um, well, I do, I do have a Facebook, but I don't really use it much. Uh, I believe I put it in the link. Okay. Uh, um, my Instagram, which I use more is Fonzie Boy one It's F-O-N-Z-Y-B-O-Y-1. Um, yeah, and that's where like, P- I post my classes regularly and I, I try to post as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, you can expect to sing, dance in my classes, laugh. Mm -hmm. I don't take very many things seriously. So um, it's part of my own medicine too. But yeah, I think that's great. And you can expect, I mean, I want to create a community with the people that I practice. I don't own any students. I'm Mm -hmm. the student with you as well as I teach. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So you can definitely expect that.
0: Oh, great. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. I re- it's really an honor. Uh, and I hope that uh, the everyone uh, could gain a, a sense of insight from what I have to say. So, yeah.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode all about yoga and inclusivity with the knowledgeable Alfonso Fonzi Hernandez. I hope you feel inspired by his insights on inclusivity and diversity. All of Fonzi's info is linked down in the show notes. So you're just one click away from connecting with him. I recommend that you do. He is a wonderful teacher and an amazing human. If you liked what you heard, please share this show with your friends. If you would like to connect with us, our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out, Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at yogaandpodcast and let us know if you have any specific topic requests for future episodes or future guests. Please consider joining the yoga and podcast Patreon. They're great member perks, such as live virtual yin yoga classes with me and my cats. Also, shout outs on the show. We will send you podcast stickers and a love note when you sign up. And you can find out more by going to patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. Also, the link is in the show notes. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We now have merch, so you can find out more at my website, ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast. The theme music is by Ali Holder. Sound engineering and mixing by Bentley the Cat. Guest booking and media by Chloe the Kitty. Remember that this podcast is for everyone. If you're a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week.